Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is Gospel Nate. In last week's episode, we went over James 2, 1 through 13. We covered not being a respecter of persons, or rather, not giving preferential treatment to someone based on skin color, political affiliation, financial status, and so forth. We saw how doing that makes you a judge with evil thoughts. We also saw how God will judge you based on how you judge others. Always keeping in mind that there is a difference between calling out sin and judging others for their sin. Today, we are going to start in verse 14, and we're going to blaze through the entire chapter, so there's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of information to go over. So, with that said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your message. We thank you that you have given us your word. Lord, I'm really going to need you in this one, that you would give me wisdom to speak. Father, that the hearers would be blessed by the word, that the people who need to hear this message would be drawn to it. And we give you the praise for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So to start out, we're going to be in James chapter 2, verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can faith save him? So the short and long answer is yes and no. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if you're new to this podcast, uh, or you've forgotten, I read from the New King James Version virtually every time. So, going back to John 3.16, in is the Greek word ice. It is spelled E-I-S, and it means into. It shows movement in one direction or another, in this case, from outside Jesus to inside Jesus. Believe is pistio. It means to have faith. Good way of reading this verse would be, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever has faith into him should not perish but have everlasting life. When you become a Christian, there is a change. You change how you think. You change how you feel, you change what you do, as a result of the salvation of your spirit and sanctification of your soul. Every one of those is an action. It is an action as a result of the faith in to Jesus. If there is no change in what you think or feel or do, was there actual faith into Jesus? Now, sometimes these changes happen immediately, but sometimes they also do take time. Putting old man ways to death requires that you understand what is going on in the first place. Most of that doesn't happen overnight. If it never happens, then you need to go back to the first part, salvation. This is about relationship. Hear Jesus say that he forgives you. Hear him say that he loves you. Now, a word of caution. It is not up to you to decide if someone is saved or not. That is between them and Jesus. You can judge their fruits. Were they producing any? If not, walk carefully around them. Choose your interactions wisely. You don't want to cause them to stumble and sink further into sin, but you also don't want to be dragged into it with them. This is where hearing from Jesus is going to be critical in your relationships. There are people I have had to cut out of my life for this very thing. They weren't producing fruit. They were actively producing death. Jesus told me to remove them from my life. He did not say if they were saved or not. My continued interaction with them was not benefiting them, and it wasn't benefiting me either. 
the time had come to move on. This isn't a judgment against them. The time had come for God to work in their life in a different way than how he had been up to that point, especially since they were no longer receiving anything good that I had to say and were flat out contradicting biblical principles. Faith into Jesus saved us. The works that we do afterward will be the outflowing of that salvation and subsequent sanctification of our soul. Continuing on with our passage, James gives us an example. James 2, 15-17 If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Let's be clear on something. Feeding the homeless does not make you a Christian. Donating money to charitable foundations does not make you a Christian. Running 10K for cancer awareness does not make you a Christian. Simply put, good works in and of themselves do not make you a Christian. And it will not win you any brownie points with God. And here's why. We find the hall of faith, as some call it, in Hebrews 11. Verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Greek word for diligently seek is exetio. It means to search out, to seek, or to investigate. If you do not believe you will find something, you will not search for it. If a detective believes he can solve a case, he hunts down the answer. He seeks the truth, believing that he will find it. When the detective cannot find the answer to the case, it is called a cold case. They give up. The same thing with Jesus and salvation. If you legitimately seek after him, you will find him. But you will not seek him if you have already decided that he cannot be found. So the whole thing starts off with faith. Faith that you will find him. Then you seek. Then you find. Then you make a choice. Either have faith into him and receive salvation, or reject him because he cramps your style or some other excuse to fill in the blank with. The number one excuse I hear all of the time is, if you knew what I have done, you would understand why Jesus would never accept me. News flash for you. You aren't Hitler. And he would have accepted Hitler, so your excuse is completely invalid. The other one is, my mother died, therefore God isn't real, or I won't accept him because he didn't heal my mom. Really? The leading cause of death in all people is conception. From the moment you were conceived, you started to die. Your mom died because people die. And the whole, she didn't get healed, so I won't seek God excuse is your way of saying, God didn't give me what I wanted, therefore... I'm going to have a lifelong temper tantrum. I have lost people I love, and I understand that pain. I also won't use their deaths to justify any selfishness on my end, or to use it to manipulate God. This is about responding correctly to what you find. It's not about you getting your way in everything that you want, because that's just not how life works. And you can look anywhere in the world, look in news, Look in social media, look in your personal life, look in the lives of your friends, and you will see 
Nobody's getting what they want simply because they want it. All right? This whole seeking thing is about you responding correctly to what you find. Diligently seeking him and responding correctly. If you respond incorrectly, you will have no one to blame for it but yourself because it is your choice. Now, getting back to our passage, verse 17 is what we are trying to get at. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. The works will be from the outflowing of our faith to do them. The next verse is totally my style. James 2.18 But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Mic drop. It is literally impossible to show faith without action behind it. Now, I'm not saying that if God tells you something and doesn't give you a set of instructions to go with it immediately, that you don't have faith because you didn't do something. What I am saying is, when you've been given instructions, or he's put something on your heart, and you say you have faith to do it, but you don't do it, then you're just not showing any real faith. If you say, I have faith that God will provide for me, but you are running around working under your own effort and burning out to provide for yourself, are you not showing a lack of faith? Did God tell you to get 17 jobs? Or was he directing you to one place? Was he directing you to get two jobs? Or maybe you are supposed to be in ministry and God has been calling you and you are refusing to do it. Is that faith? Are you gifted in the prophetic and not stepping out into it? Are you gifted in teaching, but you aren't teaching? Are you claiming that God will provide for your needs, but you do not tithe or give to those in need? This last statement deserves a qualifier. On the note of tithing, Jesus said, give cheerfully. If you are going to do it with fear and pain in your finances, then don't bother. Jesus doesn't need your grumbling and bad attitude. The whole point of tithing is about your faith into him. I think Paul put it best in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 8 through 10. Do I say these things as a mere man, or does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt. This is written that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be a partaker of his hope. The hope was that God would provide more than enough to make the end meet, even if there wasn't necessarily an overflow. In my own life, I have seen this. At one point, I didn't tithe because I was being selfish. Then God put it on my heart to start tithing. I did so with great fear because I didn't have a lot of money. But he said to do it, so I did it. For the life of me, I cannot explain it, but my finances did actually get better. I couldn't figure it out, and it didn't work out on paper. But things were just working out. Then Jesus told me to start tithing from my check before taxes and health insurance came out. And this is back when health insurance was mandatory. I panicked a little, but I had experienced his goodness in the one area of tithing, so I trusted him for this. Lo and behold, my finances continued to be stable, and I got several raises. Now, I am not giving a prosperity gospel here. 
Just because you tithe more does not mean you will get a raise in every single case. Should you tithe? Absolutely. How much should you tithe? Ask Jesus for the answer and do that. He will stretch your faith as far as you allow him. Having said that, if you donate to this ministry, it doesn't count as tithe. That would be a gift of blessing. Also, I mentioned giving to the needy. Do this with caution. Sometimes people need to go through having need to get them where God wants them spiritually. Other people have a need and you need to be the one to give. We're right back to relationship with Jesus. Speak to him and find out from him if you are up to bat. Be wise and discerning. Do not default to the excuse of everyone goes through stuff to get them in the right place spiritually. This is simply not true. Quick story because we always need a quick story somewhere, right? I knew a woman who went to church I was attending in North Carolina. She didn't have gas money to go to church, but God told her to go. She stepped out in faith and drove to church. Turns out, she really needed the message. After service, she stood in the church by the door, quietly by herself, wondering how she was going to get home. Her gas tank was empty by this time. While she stood there, one of the other members came up to her and said Jesus told her to give her $20 for gas. The interesting thing is that the person who gave this woman $20 for gas was unemployed and so was her husband. I asked her about this and she said that when she stopped giving and obeying Jesus that finances always dried up. She was going to have faith that Jesus would provide for her and her family even without the $20 and provide he did apparently because they are still at it to this day, doing ministry in this country and on foreign soil. So tithe what Jesus tells you to in faith, knowing that he will provide for you and give to the needy as directed by Jesus to be a blessing to those around you and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. James continues with his example in 19 through 26. You believe there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you not see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. Again, mic drop. I'm not really going to drop my mic because that was expensive and that would make a loud noise. But you get the point. In every case, the works that are a result of faith are works that were commanded by God. These works do not in and of themselves gain you salvation or deeper relationship with God, but rather the works are obedience to what Jesus told you to do. And that obedience is what gains you the deeper relationship with God. No one loves you more than Jesus. No one is capable of loving you more than Jesus. So why would he tell you to do something that would not show his love and provision to be strong? 
If he tells you to do something and you do not do it, then your faith is dead. Or you are flat out rebellious. I've been there. I have fought him on more than one issue. I've lost every single argument, but I did fight. Not that that is something I am proud of. I say that simply to show that I am speaking from experience. I am not some perfect person who always gets it right and is always perfectly obedient. I am just another child of God who gets it right and gets it wrong sometimes. But that will never be an excuse for disobedience. Also, it should be pointed out that the obedience to what Jesus has told you to do will grow you up. It may not be right at this very moment, but it is a working that is a process. Now that you have the information, go out there and do something with it. Mature in your faith. Be justified in salvation by faith. Be justified in faith by being obedient to the works that Jesus tells you to do. Also remember this. I repeat because it bears repeating. Your works do not gain you salvation. Your works gain you maturity and relationship with others. It will help deepen your relationship with Jesus because you will understand his heart better. But it will not be the thing that saves your spirit. No one is going to ever do enough good works to earn salvation. Let's go back over this entire block and see what we've covered so far. James 2, 14 through 26. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise. Was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? As the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Your participation is required. Go out there and do the works. Be faithful with what Jesus has called you to. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have actually called each one of us into something, one way or another. Lord, we thank you that you have put us in a position to be the hands and feet of your body, to minister to the poor, to do ministry, period. And Lord, I speak a blessing over this message, over the words that were spoken. Father, whatever point or aspect of this message needs to be remembered by the hearer. Lord, I ask that you would burn it into their memory. Father, that nothing that needs to be remembered would be forgotten, and those things which are of no value would be forgotten permanently. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. You are blessed. You are called. There's a work for you to do. Go out there and do it.